What's up, party people? Welcome to Ditch the Ick. I am so excited for today's episode. This is our first guest interview, and we are going to be talking all things budgeting and finance because we know that navigating the current economy is not for the faint of heart, especially when you're on a single income. We're going to chat today with Caitlin. Caitlin Earl is also known as your budget BFF. She's a financial coach focusing on teaching women how to budget so they can earn more, save more, and pay off debt in order to live the life of their dreams and feel confident with their finances. Welcome, Caitlin. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I know, me too, because you and I have talked, we met through a networking group, and you and I have talked like several times through that, and it's just been such a great conversation every time. So I'm so excited to have you here, especially as somebody who... Budgeting definitely gives me the ick a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Let's say there's a whole lot that goes into that, right? Nobody mm. growing up, I wasn't really taught about money or like how to manage money or any of that. But then also I'm neurodivergent. So I'm really good. Like my ADHD is out of this world. So I'm really good at sticking with something for three weeks and then mm-hmm. completely forgetting about it and then reinventing mm-hmm. it like six months later. But before we dive into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into financial coaching and how you narrowed it down to helping like women specifically. Sure. So I was always the kid who asked for my birthday money in ones so that I could divvy it up and put it into different categories. I did math for fun, this whole thing. I was basically meant to do this. But when I turned 19 and was in college, I realized that I could open up however many credit cards I wanted. And I could go on a nice little shopping spree. And I was really footloose and fancy free until the bills came and I couldn't afford them. So I just remember that feeling so ashamed and just guilty and so alone. So I ended up taking a personal finance class and my final project was creating like an actual budget for myself and creating a debt payoff plan and all of that. And I just fell in love with personal finance at that point. So my background is in commercial insurance. But a couple of years ago, I was playing around with this budgeting template that I created for my husband and I. And I realized that I thought other people could really benefit from it. And so I started selling that. That turned into financial coaching. And it's just been the best thing I've ever done. And as far as working with women... I honestly, I just feel like men have plenty of resources out there and they are taught very differently from us from a young age. And I am here to just be that BFF, that supportive system, that friend you can call and just help. I just want to help women not feel so alone and ashamed and guilty because we are taught to scrimp and save and all of that, but not really taught, you know, the nuts and bolts of what to actually do. So yeah, so that's, I just, I love budgeting, honestly. That is definitely my yum. To each their own. It's not my thing, but it's yours. (laughs) No, but I love that because like you mentioned in college, opening up all of these credit cards and just not really knowing the impact that that could have on you. And honestly, I did the same. I remember I would not, I mean, I'm 36, but I remember my freshman year of college being like a broke college kid and they were offering like free Domino's pizzas Yes. If you applied for this credit card and my roommate and I were like, shit, we got to eat. Why don't we go? And I had never even thought about getting a credit card before. And then after that, I was like, well, now I have this credit card. I guess I should use it. 
it became a thing and it snowballed from there because no one like I honestly didn't even know what a credit score was yeah I feel like also especially for those of us in our 30s we all know that it was kind of like feral kid nation the 90s were wild the early 2000s were wild and I just feel like that bled into like finances as well and that Mm -hmm. today's generation like my sister is 13 years younger than me and she has a much better understanding of finance and stuff because for her generation it was something that she actually got taught at least some basic Mm -hmm. in in school not just like how to write a check right right which is Mm -hmm. what the extent of my financial education outside of my business classes Yeah, I don't think I even like in high school, I don't think I even learned that. I remember my mom teaching me how to write a check and how to balance a checkbook. I didn't get any of that from school. So the fact that things are changing at this point is amazing. But there's like this big gap, you know, and so I work mostly with millennial women, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely in their 30s and 40s who just never learned what to do. Like, they've just been kind of winging it all these years. Yeah, winging it is definitely how I would describe what I've been doing. And just guessing when it comes to things like 401ks or even healthcare benefits, right? right? Like when you start entering the workforce, you're like 22 Mm -hmm. and making guesses. And I remember my sister asking about it when she got like her first real job out of college. And I was like, I honestly, I guessed. So best of luck to you. I don't know. But I would really love to talk a little bit about, I think what we're finding is a lot of millennial women are either finding themselves single again in their 30s and 40s or navigating life on a single income all through their 20s and now into their 30s and 40s. And I think that a lot of the programs and things that are out there, especially the ones that like I've taken or have been through, have really been geared primarily towards married couples and like mm-hmm. how to navigate finances as a married couple. And that's great. Loved that. Got some really good tools from some of those programs, but it's also like, cool, well, like nobody knows what I do with my money except for me. So mm-hmm. A, where's my accountability? But B, also like, how can I find somebody to talk to about money because money I think we're also taught as such a taboo subject like we're not supposed Mm -hmm. to talk about money money and politics Mm -hmm. right we're not supposed to talk about it so how do we find somebody that we can talk to about these sorts of things that we can a trust right and isn't trying to scam us but Mm -hmm. also just finding some resources yeah we as as overwhelming as social media can be (laughs) I love it because it has really been able to like open us up to having these conversations mm-hmm. and realizing that oh wait I can talk about money and I'm not going to get in trouble you know yeah I mean just opening up those conversations like whether it's me or in networking groups like networking groups are really great to have those kinds of conversations because we're all in there trying to increase our income. And so why aren't we talking about money? That's the real question. Money is money. We need money to do literally everything. And so by not talking about it, that is a huge piece of our lives that isn't getting any love. It's not getting any water. So yeah, just being willing to be the first one to bring it up. Yeah. And I think- that once someone brings up the conversation and is open and honest, it's a huge relief to the other person. 
I totally agree with you there. Also, shout out to Next Generation Network, which is where yes. I met Caitlin. It's such a great group. But I agree with that. Somebody has to be willing to be the first one to talk about it or ask the question. It's kind of like when somebody in a meeting or something asks if there's any questions, if nobody raises their hand, there's never going to be any. But if one person yeah. asks a question, then more people are willing to come on and ask a question or share their opinion or things like that. And I think that exactly. is something that social media has done for us. There's a lot of conversations around like mental health or like women's health, like that we're now more comfortable having and talking about than before. Yeah. And it's just like talking about periods. We grew up you don't, you talk, don't about talk about this. You don't even you don't talk say about the word it. period. No, you keep it to yourself. You, you, know, you hide hide your little thing down your sleeve. It's the same thing with money. And so this is why I just, I love social media for this. I really do. It just allows the conversations, like whether I'm getting DMs or like comments on my posts or replies to my stories, like people, it's like people are yearning to talk mm -hmm. about this. And once they do, it it just opens up a whole new world, whole new world. And I think too, it's important to think of it, like for me, the mindset shift of you're either good at money or you're not mm. to being more about everybody's in like the same way I talk about it with business or mental health or your DEI mindset, right? Everybody's on a journey and everybody's at different parts of their journey. And so as yeah. long as you're like learning and moving forward, you're making progress. And that's great. There's going to be some hiccups, some step back, but it's not an all or nothing situation, which I think is yeah. another like big thing that we've been raised to believe, especially as women. It's it's one thing, it's black or it's white. There's no gray. So I'd love to hear inflation right now is bananas. Like I can't, mm -hmm. I shop at Walmart. I live in a small rural East Tennessee town. Mm -hmm. It's what's next to my apartment. But I used to be able to go to Walmart and get like these four core items for 20 bucks. And now it's like nearing $50 for the same four things. Like even wow. at Walmart, right? The cost of Archie's dog food has yeah. doubled in the last two or three years. So I'd love to hear some of your budget tips and tricks for women for navigating this wild inflation, <laughs> especially if you're on a single income, right? You don't yeah. have another partner to support you. What are some things that you would say? So the first step in any of this is always going to be, where are you right now? Where are you? Like, you got to know your numbers. Until you know your numbers, it's going to be really hard to make any changes because it's kind of like just throwing spaghetti, very expensive spaghetti at the wall. And it's like, okay, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try this. But then you can't really tell if it's making a difference. Mm -hmm. And so I always recommend like the first step is looking at your numbers. Those numbers are already out there. They already exist. They're not like to look at them. And then once you do that, like, how do you know if you don't, how do you know how much you're currently spending at the grocery store? How much are you spending on subscriptions? Getting control of your spending, it's not going to solve all the problems, but it's going to start helping you move in that direction. And then, so wiggle room in any budget. There are two ways to get there. It's either cutting expenses or increasing income. What needs to be done is looking at your expenses as they are right now, making changes, but then also we need to look at increasing our income because we can only cut our expenses so far. You can only save so much at the grocery store without, I saw something on 
I think it was TikTok. It was an article that had been written about saving money by skipping breakfast. And it's, come on, that is not realistic. That is, we don't need to be skipping meals. That's like the people who say, well, if you just wouldn't have that one Starbucks a week, you could buy a home. And I'm like, really, sir, can I? Because it's so ridiculous. It blows my mind. And that's why you'll always see me in my stories like with my coffee, because I think you should be buying those things because small pleasures in life. We need to enjoy the present. We work so hard to not enjoy the fruits of our labor. Yeah. It, It just, what's the point? What's the point, you know? Well, that kind of, so there's two things I want to dive into there. One, I don't know if you've heard of this book, but it's called Buy Yourself the Fucking Lilies by Tara Schuster. And it is one of my favorite books of all time. She is an ex-Comedy Central executive, but it's talking about her journey of like self-love and self-care and things like that. And she was in a similar mindset with like her budget and things of just, I've like, Lilies really brought her joy and like... Mm. Why shouldn't she just be able to buy the $6 bouquet of lilies from Trader Joe's? I'm probably butchering this whole story, Tara. I'm sorry. But the six bouquet that brings her joy to have in her home because she felt like that was almost like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not flamboyant spending, but yeah, just, you know, unnecessary spending. right? Unnecessary. Yeah. Or a waste of money. Yeah. A waste of money. And I think especially... And I don't know if you've seen this, but I know in my own life, like I have a much harder time spending money on things that bring me joy that maybe have no practical application or even just like self-care things, right? Taking care of myself. It's a much harder thing for me to set money aside for that than it is to set money aside to pay my bills or cleaning supplies and things like that. Like it's all very practical but it's not super nourishing either. Right. And that makes me feel like, so we need to shift our definition of practical because is it practical to deny yourself joy? Right. Well, that's the thing. It's the same thing with dieting, right? Like when, if you are so restrictive in what you eat and how you eat and not like for health reasons or anything like that, but just, just because you feel like you can't, What's going to happen then is what those of us with ADHD do a lot is like, then you're going to have an impulse buying binge, right? Because you're not like it's with food. Like if you restrict, 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 you're more likely to have a binge eating episode. It's the same thing with money, I feel like. So how do you like build, like how, like how would you like build a budget for somebody on a single income knowing that they've cut back most of their expenses as much as they can, but they're the only one shouldering those, but also Mm -hmm. allowing them a little bit of room to nourish themselves along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So what I always like to do, so once we have a budget in place, I like to look at it through three different lenses. And that is, is this budget built on my values? Does this budget reflect what's important to me? And does this budget reflect uh, my desires in life? So if the answer is no, then your budget is unrealistic and it's time to make some changes. And so it really, if you've cut all of your expenses to the point where like you don't even have Netflix and you're still scraping by, like we do have to look at increasing income and whether it's asking for a raise, whether it's finding a new job, Mm -hmm. Like 3% across the board raises 
are not cutting it anymore. No. <laughs> they are not cutting it. Like 120% you know? inflation, which is a number I just pulled out of my butt. I, I don't know that that's accurate, but <laughs> it feels that way. Yeah, it feels that way. And you're probably pretty close. <laughs> but yeah, but we're also taught in our age bracket, like you have to stick with a job. Like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to switch jobs or you're not allowed to follow the money or things like that. And I just, I feel like we hold ourselves back a lot and we don't put ourselves out there because one, maybe we feel like we don't have the qualifications, but two, we also feel like we need permission. And that is absolutely not the case. And sometimes it takes someone else being like, no, you can do this. Like you can find a new job. You are qualified for this position and you should absolutely go after it. So Like I, some of my recommendations for clients sometimes are go put yourself out there and look for a new job. But yeah, do you want to, maybe you start a side hustle, which Mm -hmm. it's just, it's sad to me that regular nine to five salaries aren't cutting it. They're just not cutting it. And I feel it feels bittersweet to suggest a side hustle, but it does take that sometimes to get yourself in a better financial position or starting a starting a business on your own. Yeah, we really, really have to look at increasing income. And I hear from a lot of people, well, I don't have a way to increase income. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't. And it's like, no, let's see what you can do and take it from there. Mm-hmm. Because it just incomes are not like, especially if you've been with the same company for a while, they're just not, they're not cutting oh. it, honestly. Yeah. There's so much to dive in to in what you just said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so much to so fact. So I agree with that. I think that there is, it is like figuring out what you can do and not focusing on what you can't, right? Like being that solution mindset. I have so much I want to talk to you about, but I want to, I have a little bit of a different perspective I'd like to ask you about. I've been in both places where I was making great, great money, but my lifestyle because of that job was like such that I wasn't enjoying my life. I was burnt out, ended up taking a medical leave, whatever. And then I would take like, I was like, you know what, to me, it's worth it to take a $20,000 pay cut and to have a life than it is to continue burning myself out and to continue living a life that I can't maintain. So if someone's in that place, because I don't, it isn't all about the numbers that you're making. It feels like that right now, just because everybody is squeezed. And like you said, the nine to fives really aren't cutting it. But how, how would you tell somebody to go about making that sort of shift in a like wise way, instead of just like pulling the trigger and making it out of like, emotion, which I'm an emotional authority in human design. So that's, that's my red flag. But how would you like advise somebody if they were looking to make some sort of shift where it's less about the dollars and more about the balance? How can you do that financially, like with some financial stability? Okay. So I was also in that same boat. I, I mentioned at the beginning that I was in insurance. I too got super burned out and had to take a leave of absence. And then I ended up quitting, Mm -hmm. uh, which brought us from a dual income household down to a single income household. 
And so what I did was I legit combed through every single expense that I had and I made sure that it was the lowest it could possibly be. I traded in the Mercedes for a Buick. I looked at insurance and made sure that I was still getting the best possible deal. I got rid of things like I had a cleaning person and I got rid of the cleaning person because Mm -hmm. now we we had to cut back there. So finding, really taking a fine tooth comb to every single expense that you have and making sure, like we're calling the cable company where we're making sure that our cell phone bill is where it needs to be. Like we're going to the marketplace for insurance if that's what we need to do. It's also okay. And I'll probably get some flack for this. But if you are in a position where your mental health is like in the toilet and you don't have any other options but to take care of yourself, it's okay to borrow against your investments, borrow against your 401k. I don't want anyone to feel like that's more important than your mental health. Obviously, there's a balance there for Mm -hmm. sure. Do what you need to do to take care of your health. Like first and foremost, always, because you literally can't get that back. Yeah. Like you can always make more money. Yeah. You can always get more money. Like you cannot get that time back. And so, yeah, it just, it really takes looking at things from a new perspective and like recognizing, okay, so I'm going to take this $20,000 pay cut and it's worth it to me because my health is worth it Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to give up this, this, and this Mm -hmm. because being happy and having a life that I'm actually proud of, that's worth way more to me than all of these other things. Yeah. So it's it's really being willing to have an open mind with everything, you know, all of your expenses that you have. It's willing to have an open mind about bringing in some income. Like when I left my job, I would go to thrift stores, buy mm-hmm. things and then send them and then sell them on eBay. That is what got me through. And so part of it, it was twofold. Part of it was getting myself out of the house Mm -hmm. because I was in this deep depression, anxiety. It was bad sensory overload. But what I found was that I would go to the thrift store and the swinging of the hangers like would put me almost like in a trance where I could rise above the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then I would, so I would buy the things. There's a little dopamine hit. I would put it on eBay. They would sell it. There's a little dopamine hit. And I was bringing in some, some income um, to get me through. So it's really, what could I actually do? What would be fun? Maybe you need to coupon. Like you can do all, there are so many things that you can do. And sometimes it just takes like a little brainstorm Mm -hmm. session to be like, okay, I actually can make this work. And this is how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Does that? Yeah. I love that. I think that is such a good way to look at it. And I think for me, that's really helpful because I remember anybody that I had in my life to talk to about money, like my family or whatever, was always like, well, you don't take money out of your 401k. And I'm like, no, right. 
but we're we're having a minty be over here. I'm on Sad Bitch Island and I and I need to find a ticket off, right? And if this will pay off my car so that I at least don't have that payment or give me a little bit of cushion as I make this transition, it's really helpful. And I love what you said about going to the thrift store because that's what I do too. Cause like I've been working from oh home God. since the pandemic. And now, especially as an entrepreneur. It's just me and my business. It's probably one of the reasons I started this podcast was to talk to people more. But I was like, I have gone and applied for some like retail jobs or something like that just to get myself out of the house and into a place where I am interacting, just leaving the house with a sense of purpose, you know, because yeah. working from home, I'm in leggings all the time. We're definitely mm -hmm. business on top, party on the bottom situation. <laughs> or I'm at the dog park, right? So I do get social interaction, but it's just a little different when you're like, leaving your house with a little bit of a purpose and kind of coming back to it. So I love, I think this also ties back into the, you can't do anything until you know your numbers. So yep. if somebody is like looking at their numbers and kind of looking at what expenses they can cut, I would love to know more about, cause you mentioned negotiating and making sure you're getting the best rates on things. I didn't mm -hmm. even know that was an option on a lot of things. Oh Until like, I know it's an option with like insurance, right? Like you can shop around for it, but like for a lot of things, I didn't know that calling them and asking them like, what's the best you can do is a thing. So like, I would love to hear some of the things that you can negotiate on when you feel like you've already cut all of your expenses down to like the necessities, but you're still needing a little bit more wiggle room. Yeah. So cable is always a big one. There are so many promotions always going on and the advertised ones are obviously to get new customers. Mm -hmm. So whether you switch and go to a different company, I don't have that option where I am. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. Like we have one cable provider and that's it. <laughs> so I'm calling them every six months and I'm saying, do you have any promotions going on right now for existing customers? And they'll put me on hold, whatever and usually come back with a way to decrease it. Yeah. So there's that. Also, in a lot of states, and I don't know which ones or whatnot, but this can be Googled, you can choose your electric provider supplier. Mm -hmm. And so there are two pieces to your electric bill. There is the supply and then there's the delivery. Mm -hmm. So you can typically choose your supplier to want and change it to one that has a lower rate. We can do that in New Hampshire. Look up electrical suppliers or yeah. um, something like that. So you can do that too, because electric, that's one of the things that's, oh, I don't have, there's nothing I can do. There might be, depending mm -hmm. on where you live. So there's that. And then there's, do you know what subscriptions you're paying for? Have you done an audit you are you really using all of the subscriptions that you're paying for like how often are you on disney plus or how often are you on paramount and really looking at that closely to determine if it was just a one-off thing or i just wanted to watch this one show whatever yeah so there's that and then insurance is a big one the only caveat to that is make sure you're not reducing your coverage in order to save on premium because in the event of a loss, you could potentially be very screwed. Good. So saving money now does not always equal the best decision. So right. I always recommend finding an independent agent, not mm -hmm. going directly to a Geico or 
in Allstate or something like that, I recommend going to an independent agent. They can input all of your information and quote it with all of their different companies mm-hmm. and then help you determine the best option for coverage and price. So definitely recommend that. And then you can also call your credit cards and some will negotiate the interest rate. So if you're carrying credit card debt and having trouble paying them off, um, you can call your um, credit card company and ask if there are any reduced rates. Obviously, you want to have like on-time payment history. You want to be a good user of credit. So yeah, you can also do that. And then what else? What else for fixed expenses? Cell phones, you can go move to a different provider. Yeah. yeah, there's there is actually quite a bit you can do. And then when we're looking at variable expenses, that's where groceries and dining out and meal kits yeah. and all of that come into play, which there was a ton, yeah, a ton that you can do there. Yeah. I found for me when I was doing my nine to five, meal kits were really financially like a financially smart choice for me because cooking for one, right? Like stuff, they don't sell stuff Mm -hmm. in portion sizes for cooking for one. And then you would have to buy all of these things and you'd it'd just be like a whole butt mess. And then I'd also like always be tired of eating on the same leftovers for a week, right? Because I would need to make some batch. So the meal kits for me were a really helpful thing. And then the other thing that I found helpful is, I mean, especially now that Netflix has cut down on password sharing, which is devastating for single people, especially because like my best friend and I were sharing an account and splitting the cost because we're both single in our thirties and like, why not? Right. And so I have a rotation (laughs) of subscription services of streaming services that I like go through. And it's usually Mm -hmm. based on a deal or something that I find, or like I have a fire TV. And so like with their channels and stuff, it'll be like, get this channel for 99 cents for three months. And so I'll Mm -hmm. set a reminder on my phone to cancel it in three months. Awesome. And that's something I found that's been super helpful to make me feel like I'm not missing out on things, but also Mm -hmm. being like financially responsible. And it's just, it's so interesting because Spotify just released like this, basically a special for like couples who live in the same house, get two accounts for the price of one. And I'm like, This is some bullshit, people. They've got to, not like to be like, but they probably have two incomes. So why are Mm -hmm. we giving them a free account? Can we do like a 50% off code for those of us on a single situation? Because Spotify premium is normally one of my like necessities, but it's coming up on the chopping block with the rate things are going at. So yeah. And that's the thing. Like it is like taking out just the second income, being single is so much more expensive in general than being married. It just, even when we're talking cell phone plans, insurance. I know I've joked with some of my friends and I was like, Hey guys, let's just all like chip in and start like a little single lady commune. If one of us gets a partner, great. You can move out or we'll just have a bunch of little houses, but we're all going to be sharing the situation just, just like from a purely financial standpoint just for the practical way of living because it's it is expensive i mean even Mm -hmm. like your insurance costs Mm -hmm. are more if you're single and then there's also the added pressure of being the only breadwinner so if you get laid off holy hell or just having to maintain all of that it's exhausting if we're on it 
And yeah, and I think that's why too, if numbers aren't your thing and money isn't your thing, it's probably why it's one of the first things we ignore because we're just mm-hmm. like, you know what? As long as nobody's like repositioning my shit, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's that's like literally the the bottom of the totem pole of the things that I can mentally yeah. deal with. So right. I love the the approach that you have and the questions that you ask when making a budget because it's not about like how much more can I cut, but it's like how does this feel for you? Mm-hmm. Does this feel aligned with the life that you want and the life that you have? Right? Like yeah. it's just so important to look at it from that perspective. Anything else you want to share before we? Oh my gosh, I could go on forever, (laughs) honestly. So I would love to know before we go, is there something that gives you the ick? It doesn't have to be relationship-wise. It doesn't even have to be financial, but I'd just love to hear a little bit about something that that gives you the ick. Something that gives me the ick. Definitely, like we talked about something being a waste of money. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves is when someone tells someone else that, what's important to them is a waste of money. Like the the coffee. Don't tell me that's a waste of money because it isn't to me. And I just, I feel like that's part of why we keep to ourselves Mm -hmm. when it comes to money, because we're so afraid of being judged by others. When personal finance is super personal. Yeah. (laughs) Your budget is your budget and nobody else's. And so I just, if we could get rid of that waste of money language, like I would be happy. <laughs> yeah, I would support that. I would really support that. Cool. So Caitlin, where can people find you? How can they connect with you and learn more of your fabulous financial tips? Oh my gosh. So my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. I'm at your budget. I'm also on uh, my website. It's uff.com. And I've got some freebies on there. I've got like free budgeting printables. I've got a free grocery guide, all the things. I especially love Instagram. So I would love for anybody to come over and hang out with me over there. I love it. Your content has been so good on Instagram. Oh, thank you. I've been following you for a while. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank and, you for um, having me. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll get access to the full video of this interview and some other behind the scenes content. So that's patreon.com slash ditch the ick. As always, you can find our podcast on Instagram at ditch the ick pod, and you can follow me at Lady Katie Carson. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.